Dave here with another podcast here at the Resurrection Center. Um, let's talk about the fruits of the Spirit, but today I'm going to talk about gentleness, and then I'll talk about what we've been doing over the past few months. So we learn about the fruits of the Spirit when the Apostle Paul is talking to the churches in Galatia, who have been led astray from the gospel of Christ. As Paul explains that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus brings in the fruits of the Spirit, which is how we are to live as redeemed children of God. How will people learn God's will? Jesus lives in, in us through God's Holy Spirit. To walk in the Spirit means the Holy Spirit lives in us. Living in the fruit of the Spirit means you are aware of the influence of the Holy Spirit. As a child of God, you'll want to shape your life around the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Someone who walks in the Spirit patterns his or her life after Jesus Christ. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I tell you, God is good all the time. That's Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. So let's talk about gentleness. The word brings up images of babies and lambs and soft little things. Ah, gentleness is a gift of the Spirit, but as a trait, it is produced when a soften, with a softened heart like in Jesus. True gentleness also demands something on our part, intention. By this, I mean intentionally kind, compassionate, and humbling towards others, especially when we are facing struggle or difficulty. If we think about gentleness in terms of its opposites, we find that it is countered by a desire for revenge, a sense of self-importance or the expression of anger. Jesus himself connects gentleness to humility in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, when he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Gentleness can also be translated as meekness. That's the word, as meekness, which should definitely not be confused with weakness. Instead, meekness is the quality of having controlled strength. Do you understand that? Controlled strength. As Apostle Paul tells the Corinthians, I myself urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am meek when face to face with you, but bold toward you when you absent. And that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Gentleness comes from a state of humility. Therefore, someone who lacks gentleness is often prideful and easily angered or feels the need for revenge. Gentleness means adopting a position where we effectively place ourselves third on the list, putting God and other people before ourselves. It requires humility and sacrifice, patience and compassion qualities that we might feel that we lack, even on our best days. But the good news, God shows us the way. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and he never gives us gifts that we can't use. An example of gentleness can be seen in John 8, when the Pharisees bring a woman who was caught in adultery to Jesus. The Pharisees told Jesus that the law of Moses commanded them to stone such a woman. To which Jesus responds, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And that's in John chapter 8, verse 7. 
After everyone left, Jesus did not condemn the woman and said to her, Go now and leave your life of sin. And that's in John chapter 8, verse 11. So just like how Jesus was gentle with the woman in this story, God is gentle with us. God wants us to be gentle to others, as we see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. And the scripture says, For if you forgive other people when you when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And that's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. A gentle heart comes from having love for others. This is shown in our thoughts and in the way we interact with those around us. So how do we grow in our gentleness? It is important to have an accurate perception of what gentleness is. It should not be seen as a weakness, but rather as a strength. When we see it this way, we can begin to work toward becoming gentler. In addition, it is important to acknowledge the ways in which God is gentle with us. He is the creator of the universe, yet he is still gentle and loving toward us despite our sinful nature. It is, it is easy to be gentle when we are around those who we care for and who care about us in return. But to do the same for strangers or other people who hurt us, we have to think about that. This is where gentleness is often confused with weakness. We fear appearing weak, fragile, or uncertain to others. And in doing so, forget that maintaining a gentle attitude is a surer sign of strength. We fear other people's judgment if we become overcome with emotion when we should recognize that our ability to be moved, to identify with the sufferings of others, and to want to help them make us better. How can we become gentler? Well, we have to start by thinking about others, by living with less judgment and more compassion, and by following Jesus' wish for us to learn from him. Here's a list of more ways, or here's some ideas. Uh, yeah, I, I would call it that. Here are some ideas of more ways gentleness can uh, show in your life. Number one, gentleness puts others first and doesn't act like it minds doing so. It's natural to worry about the needs of others before yourself. You'll find that you don't have much to worry about when you don't think about yourself. This gives you time and availability to help those in need. You become a, a much more giving person this way. Number two, gentleness doesn't hate or throw insults at those who are doing things that our view, uh, that in our view, may per be perceive us as wrong. Um, others may look, dress, or worship, vote, or act differently than us, but we don't have to hate them because of that difference. Let Just let things go when chances are you are wrong. Gentleness is waiting. Gentleness is non-judgmental. Gentleness is accepting. Number three, gentleness remembers that we are all sinners. In Romans 3.23, we learn this, and we are all trying to find our way through this ungentle world. We are on the same journey as others. Some are in front of us and some are in the back of us. Either way, we are on the same highway, the same journey towards salvation. Jesus lights the way. Gentleness is when people follow the path and we are on the same path. 
Number four, gentleness extends grace. That's the undeserved favor, love and kindness to even the most difficult like people. We've talked about that today. Uh, and number five, gentleness is a soft answer, even when words might hurt the others. That's in Galatians 6.1. When we receive a difficult message in a gentle way, we are much better able to receive it for the truth it is. And that's in Proverbs 15.1. This is what we mean by tough love, but we have to use our choice of words wisely. It matters less what we say, although that's important. What matters is how others will take what we say. It's the perception. In the coming year, let us serve God's kingdom, his kingdom, with intention. Opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit in all of its gifts, but especially to gentleness. Ask God to bring circumstances into your life that allow you to practice gentleness. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 through 7, the scripture says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So what have we learned so far in our study and learning about the fruits of the Spirit? Here's a quick rundown of what we've done. Um, the very first attribute is love. When we fulfill God's commandment, God's commandment to love God first and then everyone else as ourselves, we are living out the whole gospel of Christ. Number two, the fruit of joy. Joy is a belief of the heart. It's an internal emotion that never changes regardless of your situation. When times are tough, I still have joy because I am a child of God and my internal life is secure. God will never leave me or forsake me. I have joy of the Lord. And you can too. Uh, the next one, number three, the fruit of peace. When we have peace, we are uh, we are from fear and worry about uh, finances. Uh, we are far from it, I should say. We are far from fear and worry about finances, our safety or salvation in our internal life. The fruit of the Spirit is seen in the peace that comes even when our circumstances are far from tranquil. And number four, the fruit of long-suffering, which is also called forbearance. The fruit of long-suffering is the ability to have patience in spite of what is going on. It is to have patience through our trials and through getting hurt by others. And number five, the fruit of kindness. As you become closer to Jesus and the more heed to, the more you heed to the Holy Spirit, your love will grow. Kindness is a natural byproduct of love. Kindness refers to treating everyone that you meet with love and respect. It means putting their needs above your own. And uh, number six, the fruit of goodness. Jesus is our best example of what generosity looks like. Jesus didn't have much money, but he was the most generous person who ever lived. He gave his time, his heart, and his talents. He listened, he healed, he taught, he led others, and he gave his life for all of mankind. And number seven, the fruit of faithfulness. The fruit of faithfulness speaks not only to faithfulness to God, but being faithful to the people around us. By putting your faith in God and letting the Holy Spirit guide you, you will prove your faithfulness to him in everything you do. Total faithfulness is more than just reliability. It is total commitment to God that goes far beyond natural human understanding. And today we talked about the fruit of gentleness. Gentleness is the opposite of pushiness or assertiveness that we are encouraged to be in today's world. We talked about it today. And 
soon we'll be talking about the fruit of self-control, which speaks to the resisting the ways of the world and living a godly life. It means that we are living by the fruit of the Spirit instead of the works of the flesh. It takes self-control to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us and live by love for others. It takes self-control to live by the fruit of the Spirit. More to come in uh, a future lesson on that. So how exactly do we develop the fruits of the Spirit? When the Holy Spirit is in us, we begin to manifest His character, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We begin to inherit Christ-like nature, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It comes even when our circumstances are far from tranquil. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus makes us into people who love God and others. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Growing in the fruit of the Spirit means that we constantly keep our sights on the Lord. We have to be diligent in prayer and fasting. When we walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we are not walking in the fruit of the flesh. Let's not talk about the fruit of the flesh. There is no fruit of the flesh. It's natural to be worldly and and we walk after the flesh. But if we put our sights on Jesus and his commandment uh, to love God and everybody else, it will be a lot easier to walk in his steps. Now let's look at where we were and where we're at and where we're going. We went through the study of the armor of God found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. To put on the full armor of God is to apply all of the gospel to all of your life. The whole armor is the expression of your full trust in God and what he has done for you through Jesus Christ. Then we went to the fruits of the Spirit. So first, the armor of God is your outside protection. Second, the fruits of the Spirit is your inside protection. Together, they are your God-given protection. You can't walk with the Spirit without cultivating the fruit of the Spirit. So how can the armor of God and the fruits of the Spirit prepare you for the new year? Let's find out. First, look back on the blessings in your life. First of Chronicle, chapter 16, verse 11 through 12. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgment he pronounced. Next, focus on the future. Don't look back. In Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 18 through 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way for the wilderness and streams and the wasteland. And next, uh, don't worry about the future. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And be prepared for the coming year. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. And finally, don't forget, we'll be here this Friday with Pastors Jose and Millie Martinez at 9 p.m. for our New Year's celebration, 1060 Worcester Street. I'll also see you here Sunday at the start of the new year. My name is Dave.